When you are looking for ways to stand out amongst the competition, custom-branded merchandise is a great investment for your brand. If you need custom t-shirts, hoodies, polos, hats, or other items, then you need to call The Merch Man. The Merch Man specializes in custom items for businesses, bands, artists, brands, and more. The Merch Man offers screen print, direct-to-garment, and embroidery for small orders or big bulk orders. We also offer online store setup and a complete fulfillment center with the best profit margin in the industry for qualifying applicants. Call The Merch Man today at 304-362-2131. That's 304-362-2131. Custom merch fast and at its finest. your host, Brian Reznor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for joining me here on my experiment. That's right, I'm Brian Reznor, and this is the Brian Reznor Experiment, and today we have got a hell of a show for you. We are going to be talking to Zach Cook from Pink Casino and his new form of music. It's a, it's a new trend and it's called synth wave. And we're going to learn a lot about this old style music. That's now somehow new. Also on the show, we've got Lance Likens from level up trading. He is going to give us some insight on the AMC debacle and all the things that are going on with AMC and whether these people are about to be millionaires or about to be broke. We will find out the inside scoop on the mother of all short squeezes in just a little bit. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and do not forget to join the focus group of Rez on Facebook. It's available there for you and you can be a part of the show. That's right. Your opinions will mold this show from the focus group of Rez on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at Brian F and Resner, and you can find us on Instagram at the Brian Resner experiment. We've got a great show for you today. So stick around, listen to the whole thing, tell your friends about it and get ready because late news breaking is next right here on the Brian Resner experiment. Your systems are offline. The Brian Resner experiment on superior radio network. Welcome to Chicka Boom Boom. Can we take your order? Uh, four Chicka Boom Boom sandwiches, please. Okay, next window, please. As a busy mom, I want to treat my kids to great food. But at the same time, I want to make sure chickens are treated humanely. That's why I come to Chicka Boom Boom. At Chicka Boom Boom, all of our chickens were diagnosed with clinical depression. So everyone agrees. We're doing them a favor by putting them in a giant enclosure and blowing them up. Problem solved, and you get the juiciest roasted chicken sandwich ever. Hey kids, who wants Chicka Boom Boom? Chicka Boom Boom, you'll have a blast. Ladies, do you have tattoos but your clothes cover up that sweet looking ink? Well, not anymore. Not when you have the new clothing line from Peekaboo Tattoo. Got a butterfly above your boob? We've got the shirt for you. Got a deep thought scrolled on your rib cage? Got a Batman logo above your butt crack? Yes! Clothes you can special order to show off that special tattoo no matter where it is. Except down there. No Sharon Stone zone. Peekaboo tattoo tops and bottoms. Hideous clothes for your horribly placed tattoos. 
It's now time for Late News Breaking. Last week, Kim Kardashian met with SNL executive producer Lauren Michaels, but apparently only because she wanted Pete Davidson's phone number. For the first time, Dancing with the Stars will feature a same-sex couple, and for the millionth time, Dancing with the Stars will feature no actual stars. Paul Stanley from KISS officially has COVID. You can tell he's getting up there in age, too. Now he just wants to rock and roll all night and party every other day. A recent study says watching Disney princess movies doesn't reinforce outdated gender roles for younger girls, but it does give them an unrealistic expectation about the willingness of woodland creatures to help them with the housework. Jeff Bezos is selling a replica of his Blue Origin rocket. It's already flying off the shelves at adamandeve.com. Reports are coming in that a Dallas woman is making $1,000 a week dumpster diving. Has to be because she does it naked and posts the videos on OnlyFans. A Michigan couple was ordered to pay their son $45,000 for throwing out his porn collection. The court has also ordered that someone teach the son about the internet. Apple gave Tim Cook a $750 million bonus on his 10th anniversary as CEO. Even nicer, the assembly line employees in China colored him a picture. Kanye West's Donda is number one on Apple Music in 130 countries. Luckily, Kanye's not the kind of guy to get an inflated ego or an unrealistic sense of his own worth. Kanye said Universal released his new album without his permission. Of course, Kanye also believes the sun only rises because it has his permission. Steve Harvey will be a judge for a new court show. It will air after Dr. Phil in daytime TV's new Pretend to be Something You're Not block because you're not a doctor, Phil. Last week, America celebrated Eat Outside Day, and since the Supreme Court ended the halt on evictions, it should have been more popular this year than ever before. China will limit kids using technology for online gaming to three hours a week. Keyword here is using not assembling. Natty Light now makes a vodka, so great news for those of you who enjoy the taste of piss in a chilled martini glass. RuPaul recently volunteered to host Jeopardy. I'll take what will give my grandpa a heart attack for 1,000, Alex. R. Kelly once ranted about the stigma of dating teens. Wow, just when you think you know who R. Kelly is, you hear this and you're proven completely right. Gloria Estefan turned 64 last week. These days, osteoporosis is going to get her long before the rhythm even has a chance. Dr. Phil turned 71 last week. That's 213 years in totally obnoxious, unqualified doctor years. Breathing wildfire smoke can have an effect on your sperm. But living in Los Angeles, at least maybe Nick Cannon will stop having babies. Matt Gates apparently wants to abolish the education department because the more you teach girls, the less likely they are to get into his van. Britney Spears' dad wants $2 million to exit her conservatorship. In other words, when it comes to being a horrible father, oops, he did it again. David Lee Roth refused to tour with Motley Crue because he doesn't open for bands that he influenced. You know, that's exactly why a bucket of human waste once refused to open up for Creed. Tony Hawk is selling a skateboard made with his own blood. Of course, if you really want to be the talk of the skate park, uh, just start selling weed. 
Detroit was ranked the second worst city in the country for driving, given a lot of it is due to people constantly swerving to avoid hitting the dead bodies in the street. Joe Rogan recently got COVID after a performance in Florida. What are the chances, replied people unfamiliar with COVID, Joe Rogan, or Florida? A McDonald's manager says Grimace is meant to be a giant taste bud, and he's purple due to lack of circulation from diabetes. The Virginia Supreme Court said a statue of General Lee can be removed. But if that happens, how are the Duke boys supposed to get away from Roscoe and Boss Hog? And finally, Viagra now has a nose spray. That's it. That's that's the joke. It, it writes itself. Attention listener. Did you hear Viagra now comes in a nasal spray? It's for dickheads. Thank you. I'll see myself out. This is breaking news. A cougar is now at a wildlife refuge after it was discovered living in a New York City apartment. A Bronx couple was keeping the 80-pound cat as a pet. Plus, panthers, bobcats, crocodiles, dogs and cats, and little creatures like parrots and hamsters and rats, pythons, a raccoon. Also, some moose exploded in a ball of flames. Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat! This has been Breaking News. All right, kids, settle down, settle down! As your principal, I've got some special rules about the new school year. And for important bus information, I have Ed here representing all of your bus drivers. Hey, first, masks should be worn at all times around others. Yes, masks should be worn on the bus until the bully pulls them off of your face. All desks will be situated six feet apart and should remain six feet away from other students. On the bus, you'll all be two to a seat. Unless it's an overcrowded bus, then just cram right in there. It's going to be like three to a seat, okay? Your safety is our main concern. So there still aren't any seatbelts on the buses, so you're just going to have to hold on tight. All right, that's all. Get to your next class. Hey, stay six feet apart! All right, so we're going to mix up the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, Cypress Hill, and Stevie Wonder. Base 211 on the wheels. Mashup machine.
guess the Beastie Boys. I am back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. I am Brian Reznor, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Ledford. Nick, how are you today? Oh, I'm so dandy and, and wonderful. How about yourself? I am dandy and wonderful as well. It's a magical day here at the Brian Reznor Experiment where we're talking about all kinds of cool stuff. And one of the cool things that we're going to talk about a little bit later is the AMC Short Squeeze, the mother of all short squeezes. A lot of people are talking about becoming extremely rich off of a stock that everyone else says should be tanking. We will talk to Lance Likens from Level Up Trading at the end of the show, and he will explain to us what a short squeeze is, why this is the mother of all short squeezes, and why you might want to invest in AMC stock, but we are not financial advisors, and that is not financial advice. Nick, have you invested in AMC? No, but I've had several short squeezes, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I don't think those are the same kind of short squeezes. I'm not, I'm not, sure. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's the same are, thing. These are usually really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm hoping AMC is not going to be depressing. I'm hoping. No, I don't get into the stocks. I don't, I don't. If it was so easy, then why aren't there more millionaires amongst our group because it seems like a very big trend the only time i ever see people my age really talk about stocks is if they were in they were taking a college class or something and don't you think maybe that's the problem like it's been kept out of the hands of the average person for so long it's almost like a secret you see people constantly spending money on on gambling or on scratch off tickets or lottery tickets or you know all these different things and they don't become millionaires but i do know some people that have invested in some interesting stocks and made you know a couple hundred grand oh okay never mind then fuck it 
I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it does happen. There are people out there that make some money and we're going to talk later to Lance Likens about this to see what kind of information we can peel out of somebody who has made a couple hundred grand on the stock market. Oh, man, back off. You should have said that to begin with. You should have said Lance person, million dollar man. That's all you should have just said. <laughs> That's how I should have led with it, huh? So what has happened in the world of Detroit? That's uh, that's where you're located. What's what's going on in Detroit this week? Oh, I'm sure something major, but I could care less. Man, I don't give a fuck. Um, I've been trying to hunt down a job here recently since they're so easy to get now. I uh, I applied for the position of a police officer in Detroit City. Never thought I would get a call back or anything. And and they called oh, you. They're no. like, please, come, come oh, do this. Oh, man. Uh, one of the lieutenants even like texted me from his his cell phone was like this is my number if you need anything holla and otherwise i'm just going to keep putting your shit out there <laughs> and you're going to keep getting that recorded phone call to come check us out so interesting I've been doing with that so yeah, you, can, I mean, you can be a cop so you're you might be a no, cop no i'll never be a cop no why did but you I just why do you even? Just, you got to shoot it out there, man. <laughs> so you just it's shot your happened. shot at the police, and the police came back like, "Yeah, we'll take it." And you were like, uh, "Oh, whoa, no, no, no!" You got to look at money like you look at women. Some you finish it off there. Cause, I was gonna say, uh, is there a punchline there or what? Something about so you're not so you're not gonna become a cop, even though the cops want you in Detroit. Yeah, I, I don't want to be there. I'm not that interested in it, man. I mean. It, it, it pays is pretty good. Really? Uh, I didn't think cops made that, that great of money. I, I definitely well, I mean, think they should. Up here, it was, to start, it was uh, in training. Full-time training, it was 21 an hour. Then upon your graduation from uh, Police Academy with, uh, you know damn well who's in Police Academy, Hightower, Mahoney. Yeah. yeah. Well, once, you graduate, once you graduate that, they bump you up to like anywhere between 31 to 35 an hour 31 which, to 35 which isn't really bad but at unless the you time, get shot in your face yeah yeah then it's then it's not worth it but you know you can sign up for a job at the cracker barrel and get shot in the face too by robbers you know what i mean like so i don't think it's like, the same not, though it's not no <laughs> that was a horrible it was a horrible comparison <laughs> yeah, it sure was so <laughs> I, I, it's funny though that they would uh, they would call you right away and be so adamant to get you i guess it's because of a lack of police officers yeah or, uh, yeah or maybe I, they're just extremely impressed with nick ledford the most uncop motherfucker i've ever met i know um it's the latter dude you know what it is the latter <laughs> it must be it must be, but uh, they're definitely wanting to hire some cops in Detroit. They were even going to reach out to Nick Ledford. So uh, what other jobs have you applied for? Uh, I did the uh, cultivator um, for, you know, because we have uh, legal marijuana up here. Uh, but I got turned down for that, man. So you can't be a cultivator, <laughs> but you can be a cop. Interesting. Uh, are you sure they didn't hear about you trying to become a cop before you got there? Yeah. Somebody was probably tipping them off. Like, I seen him. He's been texting us locals. They were like, yo, uh, do we hire this Nick Ledford guy? I don't know, man. He looks like a cop to me. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a real sweet stash going on right now. 
So, uh, jobs, not as easy to find as you thought, unless you want to be shot at. No, and I've talked to people about it, and it's like a lot of people that I know are doing that. They're just stuff you don't think that you're quite qualified for. Just shoot for it, man. Try it out, especially in these times. Yeah, because it is definitely a, a worker's market because the workers have all the leverage. Everybody's looking for employees, so they're paying more than they usually would. They're offering more than they usually would. I've seen a sign at the Wawa. Do you know what a Wawa is? Mm-hmm. Gas station. Right. Okay. So some people yeah. have sheets. Some people have Wawa. We've got Wawa here in Florida. I see a sign at Wawa that's like $300 sign-on bonus, $15 an hour to start, raises, all this stuff. And I'm like, to work at Wawa, they're like, they're sign-on bonus in like the military? Is that the, yeah. what the, what? Wow. I mean, it really goes to show we have a Taco Bell down here that doesn't do breakfast anymore because they can't get people to work the shift in a, oh, yeah. in a town with more people than most states yeah yeah no 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 that's uh burger king up here isn't open on sundays like the the entire day it's not a wow like so, chick-fil-a or something but it's not about jesus yeah, it's about not having it's not workers about jesus it's about not having jesus <laughs> <laughs> or anybody else that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Jesus ain't burning his hands on these fryers over here. So what are you going to do? I'm probably just going to be an alcoholic. <laughs> That's going to be your next job is alcoholic. <laughs> nice. I want to, I want to be, you I'm, know, I saw on the back of one of my weed wrappers, it was like, you know, it's all, it's, it's got a sticker on the back of like the packaging that the weed comes in, either the edibles or the, or the flower. And on the back of it, it says, you know, when it was cultivated or harvested and all those things and what test batch it is and who got to test the batch. Now tell me that isn't a dream job right there. Wow. Well, why didn't you uh, sign up for that job? Are you not qualified for that either? Just a cop. He's not even qualified to smoke weed, but he is qualified to be a Detroit state trooper. (laughs) I don't, I didn't see any, openings for that i think even in a world full of pandemics <laughs> that job would still have no vacancy man <laughs> no vacancies for the guy who gets to test the weed yeah can you imagine the uh the, the career conversations that happen like you know when you when you go home to mom and dad what are you doing now oh i'm, I'm a weed tester just <laughs> yeah. like when i was in high school except My for this time i get paid permanently sagging i'm paranoid 24 7 and i'm making I money can, <laughs> I make money, I pay the bills, and I eat Cheetos. Friends don't let friends OD on Cheetos when they've been smoking too much legal weed. So weed is just like legal as can be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just smoke it like a cigarette. Just go to the store and it's there. No, no. I mean, like to yeah, to the, a special weed store. You couldn't go to like Speedway. And oh, it's, it. it's not available at like just a, just a local <laughs> grocery. You know, I'll take no. uh, I'll take a, a half pound of hickory turkey <laughs> and a pound of Maui Wowie. Now, so I, I just Are you wish part of our reward system. <laughs> I, I wish that it was like that here in Florida. And here in Florida, it's medical only, so you have to go get a card and be put on a registry and all this stuff to to even to even get to buy. It. It's almost it's, it's straight up money. Uh, it's all about money. Here. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, we want to get yeah, not anywhere else. It's not about money anywhere else. I was talking to a friend. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who actually lives in uh, Winter Park, and he's in Winter Park, Florida, your native country. Um, he was talking about XL9 or something. What is that stuff that you can buy it? 
in a store, but it's it's like weed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's something. Um, I don't know. I the last time I heard that. people talking about something like that, it made everybody zombies. I don't. I don't think that the. I don't think that there is a. It's like weed. It's really it's CBD heavy, and there's not much THC. It's like the lowest something crazy amounts, but you would have to suck down like a pound of it to get buzzed or something. But people do it as an alternate, you know. Suck down a pound of CBDs or smoke a blunt. I, I think I will. I think I'll stick with the blunt. I don't want to drink CBD. Do you think that there is a possibility that we're going to see the same type of weed laws from Detroit go all over the country, and it'll just this won't even be a thing anymore? No, no, I don't. No, no, yeah. not at all, man. Because I don't think that the rest of the country would pick up on that, and if they do, it'll be years after we're gone i believe so you know a state that really needs to grab a hold of it is west virginia uh they they really need to start selling weed i I think that would save the whole state and it would make people a lot happier and if you taxed it like we did up here it would help so many (laughs) roads and schools you know what i mean like there's such a great benefit because it does nobody harm or no victims right and and the fact that it's illegal is not stopping anyone from smoking it at all so it's just money you're not making it's a when you say that you don't want to legalize weed you say no we'd much rather drug dealers make the money on this Mm -hmm. and what is there a bigger is there more money to make off of the off of busting the local criminal? I don't think so. I would not think so. I mean, I see these states. I mean, look look at Colorado. They've made so much freaking money. It's ridiculous. There's yeah. no way that they were making more money on busting weed dealers. So we got some sad news today. Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire has passed away. Michael J. Williams was found in his hotel room. A lot of people might know him as Omar from the wire i myself know him as chalky white from boardwalk empire maybe my favorite tv show of um, a tv series of all time um was this guy did, did you have uh, any familiarity with his work yeah absolutely absolutely I, I mean uh whenever i see his picture i always think about the wire i always think about like the character uh he portrayed but this news about his death is like really I mean, what, like an hour ago? Yeah, well, an hour ago, as of recording this, it's probably uh, quite a few hours when yeah, someone yeah, actually hears it. Yeah, by the time this comes out, but, um, you know, this is when we're recording this. I mean, this just happened. It's hard to gather. Yeah, from what I understand, it was an OD. Oh, yeah, Man. it was uh, an overdose. Uh, I mean, I don't think they've even even announced an overdose on what. But uh, man, what a talented guy! You just uh, very big loss there for sure. There was somebody. I want to say a year or two ago it was another actor. This person died from alcohol withdrawal, and it was an actor. Oh, you're talking about Nelson Elias from True Blood, the short order chef from True Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of similar. I mean, just unexpected. You know, about, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever. It's, it's, it feels like it's along the same, yeah, the same lines. Cause I didn't even, you don't know that dude uses, you know, I didn't know. Right. I had no clue. And, and who would have thought that, uh, that Nelson would have been a, such, such an alcoholic that, that, that he would die from alcohol withdrawal. That's, uh, that's pretty hardcore. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, goes to show that can't happen to anybody. Very talented guy too. That uh, that actor was very very talented as well. We we see uh, we see losses like that, and you just you just don't understand them. Uh, another loss that I seen this week. Uh, I don't know if you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm a professional wrestling fan. This person, uh, Daphne, she uh, she put a video on Instagram where she was saying uh, basically that she's sorry, that she loves people, and to send her brain to Boston. And sending her brain to Boston means to Chris. Nowinski and the people that are researching CTE, the same oh, yeah. thing that uh, that I don't know, uh, Chris Benoit had that uh, the guy mm-hmm. who killed his family. So and and then the next day she had actually shot herself in the chest and uh, and killed herself. Oh, that's what Junior Seau did. Yeah, the it's, uh, football player. Yeah, very uh, very Four. terrible situation. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of deaths right there in a, in a row. Yeah. This is this is going wonderful. Yeah. I love talking about death. On a lighter note. Um, have you heard McDonald's explanation for what Grimace is? No. Was this a thing? Yeah. It's <laughs> t- apparently everyone wanted to know what Grimace was. And McDonald's said that Grimace is a taste bud. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, is that, am I the only one that thinks that's kind of horrifying? I don't, I don't know if I like that. No, man. You could have just said anything else in the world and that would have been okay. You could have been like, he's an alien from McDonald's planet or something. And it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> alien from McDonald's planet would have totally worked better for me than a taste bud. Yeah. Cause now you're thinking, okay, you're a taste bud on a tongue. Okay. So you're a part of a tongue in whose mouth there's too many questions for me to yeah. trust this situation. And and you chill with Ronald and Mayor McCheese and Hamburglar. So are y'all part of the same realm? So apparently Ronald McDonald got the axe because all these characters from, from McDonald's are not a part of any new marketing. So they're kind of getting rid of Ronald McDonald. No. Yeah. Well, I didn't like him anyways. I didn't like Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I always thought he looked a little too close to Pennywise for him to really be trusted. Or Wendy. Like, well, I mean, I guess McDonald's was first, but then Wendy come along as a red-haired girl. Then we got a red-headed clown. What's up with all the redheads and burgers? Yeah, man. So did you hear about the uh, Virginia Tech game? They hosted uh, UNC. I did not. I don't watch watch football because football's fake, so uh, I don't watch. (laughs) But tell me about this game of of, of footballs. Anyways, so as you know, like every stadium uh, across the country is open. You can wear masks. You can not wear masks. Whatever. Just come. Just come watch this football game. Michigan hosted a game this weekend. It had a hundred and ten thousand people, just all elbow to elbow, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But the uh, the, the the fun thing that I was talking about is Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech Hokies. They uh, every game. Every home game, they come out to Metallica's Enter Sandman. It's a really cool thing to watch because the whole crowd's really fucking pumped up into it, right? Um, well, they got to do that this past weekend for the first time in like two years because of COVID and just, you know, all shit going on. And it registered on a seismograph scale. Wow. Yet the kids were partying so fucking hard when Enter Sandman came on, it registered on a seismograph. <laughs> That's insane. Um, Sounds like they're getting a big start on the super spreader tournament. So coming up later on the show, I've got Lance Likens from Level Up Trading, and I've also got an interview coming up next with Zach Cook from Pink Casino. But before that interview, I want you to check out this song. It's a good song from Pink Casino that I think you're going to like. Here is Absolution on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Count your head straight, looking out the back of your car. 
what you are hearing right now is Absolution by the band Pink Casino. And we are lucky enough to have Zach Cook here with us from Pink Casino himself. Now, Zach, I, I want to just start the interview by talking about music. What we just heard there was Absolution. Can you tell me a little bit of insight on this song? Man, it's one of those songs that just kind of all came together for me. Uh, I got some samples together and I was really hearing some stuff and the the vibe for this whole song, I was like, man, I just want from start to finish, I want this to feel like you're at an 80s prom. And uh, that's kind of what it felt like. It does feel like an 80s prom. Okay, the mission accomplished then. Yes, score, mission accomplished. So now a lot of people may not have ever heard of you. This is a, a brand new project for you. You've been involved in a lot of different music projects over the years, but now we have came to a, another part of your career where Pink Casino is is the way you're going. How did this come about? What brought this together? It's something I think that's kind of like always been there. Uh, and it's always like, you know, you know, we go way back in the day and we, we, we were doing the, you know, we were doing the pop punk stuff and all that because, you know, that's what was in. And, you know, it still, it still holds a very dear place in my heart. I was going to say, uh, I've heard you be a lot heavier than, uh, sure. than where you're at right now. Yeah, no doubt. We, uh, you know, we've, we've done the metal core stuff, you know, man, I love it. It's all, it's all still a big part of me, but, uh, I think there was always something just very eighties influenced lingering in everything I did. You know, ultimately that just came to a head. I was like, man, you know what? We're not holding back, you know, let's write some eighties pop radio hits and just do not hold back. Well, it's it. funny that you're coming out with that straight out the gate because I thought I was going to have to pull that out of you. But y- yes, you do have an 80s influence and and you are are shooting for that feel and that sound for this record. Oh yeah, man, definitely. We uh I am just at a point now with music and life. I'm not I'm not too proud. It's like, you know what, man, I don't care if, you know, there was a time when, you know, you you locally be shamed for, you know, getting too radio friendly and whatnot and you know, I'm just too old for that now. Let's let's make some catchy tunes and have a good time. That's all it's about. Well, this uh, this sound is is a lot different than a lot of things you're hearing. Another artist that I've noticed that has kind of had that 80s feel to his music recently is The Weeknd. That that sound, I never thought that I would like be into that sound again, but he kind of brought that out in me and then I, I get the same vibe when I'm listening to the, the Pink Casino record. Sure. So, funny enough, uh The Weeknd is kind of in like my top five current influences. We've actually been, uh, we've been covering blinding lights, uh, live. Uh, oh, that's recently. Awesome. That is yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah. If I get, uh, if I get one of these videos together, I'll send it over to you, but yeah, we've, we've been playing it and it's, uh, it's been a hit. No doubt. We would love to hear pink casino do blinding lights here on the Brian Reznor experiment. So when you get that recorded, I would definitely love to spin it here on the show. Oh, you got it, man. Now, when we're talking about eighties influence and, and you just said that, you, you know, he's in your top five influences, let's go over those top five influences. So with the weekends in there, who else is in the influence for Zach cook from uh, pink casino? Well, well, man. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Um, what's funny is uh, it's a it's kind of a mixed bag. Some of them are truly you know '80s uh, influences, and then some of them are the more contemporary retro '80s influences, like The Weeknd. Uh, you know, there's 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 not a lot of them that are really floating on the surface too heavy right now. But of course, The Weeknd is huge. He's one of them that's kind of at the forefront of uh, the genre. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's called synth wave. That's what it's called, synth wave. Synth wave. If you if you if you hit up uh, 
synth wave on any kind of music platform, you're going to come across a very new but old uh, synthetic driven uh, 80s sound and uh, just a lot of good material there. Um, I think people are into it more than they realize. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to riff on is that uh, it seems like a very uh, dialed in market, but ultimately I don't think it is. I think there's still radio hits and what not to be made there with this. I feel like the weekend has been going this direction for a long time, but you know, of course now, uh, well, I mean, I'd say it really kind of blossomed for him with Starboy. In my opinion, Beauty Behind the Madness is one of not one of the greatest weekend albums, but one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, man. Just excellent, excellent mainstream artist. He's got the sound. He's got the voice. And he's another one of those that he'll just he'll openly tell you up front. You know, people people give him a lot of give him a lot of crap for how how much he he sounds like Michael Jackson and how much, you know, certain tones he uses sound like Michael Jackson. And he'll just straight up say, yeah. He's the greatest pop star of all time. I'm going to I'm going we, to mimic that. Yeah, we need a Michael Jackson. We do so, not have a Michael Jackson. And now with the, you know, well, I think Bruno Mars and him are both fighting for that spot, but sure. either either way, they they both do a good job of bringing some uh, some MJ back to the to the ears. Oh yeah, man, definitely. But yeah, man, the weekend uh, M83, they've got a couple of songs you would instantly recognize if you heard them. You might not put the name with it, uh, but if you get a second, check them out. M83. M83, um, I will check that out. That's that's not yeah. ringing any bells for me. You know, but then you go back to the, the 80s, the big time 80s. You know, I, when I was younger, my mom used to spin a lot of this stuff. You know, Journey being a huge one for me. Uh, man, of course, you know, the earlier and later Queen stuff all together. Man, there's just there's so much good stuff that was done around that time. More recently, and I take this as a massive compliment. Uh, more recently, every show we've played in the last couple of weeks, the first thing we get is like, "Man, Pink Floyd is in the house," and I'm like, I almost couldn't couldn't take a better compliment. And uh, funny enough, Pink Floyd, I, I love him. My partner, the guy that plays with me, he's a huge Pink Floyd fan, so. He gets a little more giddy about it than I do, but man, being one of the greats, getting that instant comparison, I, I will take that every day of the week. The feel that I get from the record is is similar to the feel I get when I hear a song like "Take on Me," or yeah, yeah you know what I mean. That, that or or like uh, or uh, a song that I mentioned last week, "The Promise," um, stuff like that. I, I feel that kind of vibe when I listen to Pink Casino, and it takes me to a time that I enjoy. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting how music makes you feel. Yeah, man. And that's, you know, and like, that's everything I could have hoped for getting this project off the ground. We've, we've put a lot of time into the aesthetic of what we're doing live. We're put a lot of time into the neon lights and the blues and pinks and color and whatnot. And, and it's, it's really kind of, it's doing well, um, with itself just in that regard we we've had countless people come up to us after we've played and they've been like man you know you literally just threw us back to it you know some some of the older generation they're like man you threw us back i i felt like i needed to run home and grab my denim jacket and toss it on i'm like listen that's what we were going for that's the feedback we want to hear it's almost like you are getting the same vibe that like if you took if you take this to television then you are kind of going for the same vibe that stranger things was going for 
Well, and it's funny you're saying that because <clears throat> Stranger Things that that theme song right. that would be that would be categorized as synthwave. Like that style would go into the synthwave genre. So like people who who kind of <clears throat> are really kind of unfamiliar with like 80s synth and whatnot, uh, especially younger kids that hear it and or you know they like it. We've we've had several you know young teenagers uh, approach us and be like, man, I love this. What what is this sound? And that's that's the comparison I always give. I'm like, well, uh, you watch Stranger Things, and of course they're like, well, yeah. It's like just it's it, it's like that. That's kind of what you're think Stranger Things, but with words. So we are going to dive deeper into the sound and and what goals you have as a musician here in just a second. But I want to play. Another song for the listeners. We are going to uh, to play Uncatchable here, and I'd kind of like you to set it up and tell me what went into writing this song and, and where your mind was when when you put this together. Oh man, this one's always a fun story. So I'll 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 preface this by saying everything is good. This is uh, it's not everything's good now. Um, but this was really the first like quote unquote synthwave song I wrote. Um, and also still the one that's being played the most on all the other platforms. It really, man, it can't, I got divorced about two and a half, three years ago. I, I've already lost track of time, but so the song's called uncatchable. It is influenced or inspired by the movie, big fish by Tim Burton. Um, one of his lesser known films, but an excellent film. And the theme uh, in the movie revolves around the main character, Edward, trying to convince this woman that they're meant to be together. And uh, and he refers to her as an uncatchable fish. That was kind of the influence of the song. It was something that was kind of a running theme in my life. Um, and it just felt like at the time it was the appropriate song to write. But that being said, I, it's it's funny always telling the story because it's like, man, like it's such a downer and it's ironic because it's such an upbeat song. But that being said, like life's just in a much better place now, even before or during that. To me now, it doesn't mean the same thing anymore. It's, it's more about uh, kind of for all of us, you know, especially with everything going on. The song's more to me now. It's more about just picking yourself off the ground and man, taking that next step, no matter what it takes. When you talk about an uncatchable fish, it really can apply to anything in your life that seems unachievable, but actually can be achievable. Exactly. You just hit it on the head, man. That's uh, like I said, when I started writing the song, it, 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 you know, it, it was really diving deep into like my divorce and what was going on at the time. But uh, it just simply doesn't have anything to do with that to me anymore. And you, you, I think you summed it up better than I have to anyone. It's, it's finding out that that unreachable goal is absolutely reachable. We will be right back with Zach Cook from Pink Casino. But right now, I want you to take a listen to Uncatchable by Pink Casino right here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. They say when you meet the love of your life, time stops. And that's true.
Uncatchable, definitely a catchy tune. The synth wave, that is your very first synth wave song sitting here with Zach Cook from Pink Casino. And we are talking about a new form of music that is actually an old form of music. Synth wave, and I've got Zach Cook with from Pink Casino here to talk about it. <laughs> so do you think that this thing is going to blow up as far as a, a genre? Because I'm hearing more and more of it. And I feel like Pink Casino is right on the verge of being a big part of it. Man, I hope so. Uh, not even just for me, but just in general. Man, it's such a fun uh, music genre. You know, it's it's definitely still very, like, dialed into a specific audience. But there are just elements of it that are branching out that, uh, you know, once you start diving into it yourself as a musician and you start understanding these old analog 80 synthesizers and whatnot, you start to realize that a lot of these big artists are at least, uh, you know, kind of fiddling around with it a little bit. Um, a couple of really good examples that uh, that utilize it very well, other than The Weeknd. Not a tremendously huge fan, but uh, Style by Taylor Swift is done in synthwave, uh, in the synthwave style. And man, it's an excellent tune. And then, oh man, what's his name? I, I, if I weren't trying to think of it, I, I, I would have it. Um, Jason Derulo. Yeah, Jason Derulo's been doing it for a little while too. Uh, I've always got, been a huge Jason Derulo fan, yeah, even man, from the uh, very first single. Uh, that guy is incredible. I love R and B. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, you uh, know, I'm a huge fan of of vocal abilities. That's that's the thing that drew me to you. That's why we're having this conversation right now because your vocal abilities really impress me. And I'm I'm a hard dude to impress. I'm 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 picky about my singers. I'm a vocal coach. I like to see people do it right. As a vocal coach, when I listen to you, I see nothing that I could improve. And that makes me that makes me enthralled with with what you're doing and what you're going to accomplish because your voice is not like anyone's voice and it's like it's perfect every fucking time, which is un unheard of. Like I don't ever hear you make mistakes. I never pick out I cannot cut your songs up. I like to be able to, to dissect and say this could have been done better or this could have been done in a different way. I can't do that with you because you always nail it. And my first question for that topic would be, where did you learn to sing? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate the uh, man. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, that's huge. Uh, and it, it means a lot, especially because, I mean, man, you've been so involved in so many big acts and whatnot. You know, it it it. It means a lot hearing that, especially knowing that you've seen and experienced and dealt directly with a lot of the big guys. And man, that's that that means a lot. You sound means- awesome live and on on record, which is something that is a struggle for a lot of people. It is. Um, I think I, you know not not to veer too off topic because I can come back and answer your question, but I think I'm not the guy that's going to down people for over utilizing studio uh, technology. Uh, you know, make a good song. You know, if you, if it requires you to fix your voice beyond belief, okay, fine. Make a cool song. Make a good song. I'm not. It's not a race. Music isn't a race, in my opinion. It really comes down to: Did you write a good song? Cool. I'm going to listen to it. But uh, you know, when it comes down to like you know putting on a live performance, you we do see a lot uh, of of musicians that got way too overbearing with what they utilize on their voice in the studio and whatnot. And then when you go to hear it live, it's like, oh man, this is not even the same person. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not one to down them for writing a good song. Write a good song. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Do, do 
Yeah, if you if you if you put so much auto tune on it that it sounds like a robot, uh, man, was it a good song? Cool, that's better, cool. You me. better bring that auto tune box live. That's that's what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I've seen man. people do that as well. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Which um, there's nothing wrong with that, man. It's about entertainment. Again, it's not a race. I don't know if I've just like completely changed my mindset on how I feel about that. I know that when I was younger, I, I know there was some kind of pretentious part of me that was like, you know. There's some kind of elitist idea behind, you know, how you do music, what kind of genre, you know, you're doing, whatnot. But man, it's really now it's like, are you having a good time? Is it a good song? Then we're having a good time. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. But to answer your question, man, I I didn't really, I hate using the term natural ability, but what happened was, you know, I started jamming in high school with a couple of guys and uh, we didn't have anyone singing and I was kind of voluntold, hey man, you're the, you're the more outgoing individual out of all of us, so you're going to be the singer of this band. And uh, that's really all that came down to. I didn't, I didn't seek it out. So it fell in uh, your lap. Basically. It felt, yeah, it fell in my lap. And man, playing that first gig when I was like 16 or 17, uh, down at the soldiers Memorial theater, wow. uh, that was yeah, my first had, gig ever too. Yeah, man. And, uh, <laughs> watching that reaction from people like, man, this, what's this guy doing? He he's got chops. So, uh, yeah, man, it just kind of stuck ever since then. It started with me just wanting to get involved with music. And then, uh, that's, that was the next step just because, that was the avenue I was given. We were all superstars on the stage at Soldiers Memorial at one time or another. It's it's kind of sad that that building doesn't run shows like that now for kids. Now it's uh, you know it, it's that was such a big part of high school was the the band situation you know the scene and now it's like kids kids hardly have scenes anywhere. Yeah, man, it sucks. And, you know, I, I was kind of hoping we'd briefly talk about this uh, just because, you. I mean, you clearly remember it, it was a different time. It was. Uh, yeah, we could, you know, every Friday or Saturday night, it wasn't unheard of to have two, three, four hundred people out at Soldiers Memorial for, for any given show for yes, whatever reason. For whatever and, reason. And uh, it's just not the way things are anymore. Um, and it, it's sad but you know things change. You got to adapt, find new ways to to keep things interesting. I, I wish. I think a lot of it has to do with the shift in style because they're you know during that the height of that you know all styles of rock and it doesn't matter when you get your alt rock, your punk rock, all of it had really like started like hitting the mainstream again, and that's what was making live shows exciting. Is like it was popular. And people wanted to be involved with it. And I'm not downing any of the radio stations because you got to do you got to do what's being demanded. But you're not going to turn on a mainstream radio station right now and hear a rock song. It just doesn't happen unless there's one that just catches a wild hair. But for it's probably been six, seven, eight years now, maybe longer that they just don't exist on the radio anymore. And it's sad, but that's just the natural way of things. Well, you, you know, know what I mean, you know what you're, you actually set me up for exactly what I was going to say to say that, no, this is deeper. This is deeper than what you mentioned. It, it all, it, it kind of starts with the radio stations, the radio stations at that time were so involved in the scene that the scene pushed the radio, the radio pushed the scene and it made something happen. Now, no one there cares. You know, no one there cares to get involved in things like that. And another thing that 
uh, we were not taken into consideration is the change in the safety of people in large groups. Um, the, the, the fact that there are things happening in, you know, at shows now that never would have happened back when we had a scene going, you know, when, when there were scenes in, in little towns in states all over the country, um, there weren't, you know, there weren't situations like, you, you know, you never thought of somebody showing up with a gun. You never thought of somebody getting sex trafficked. You never thought of that. I mean, we goes back to, Hey, kids used to play outside. I remember I used to leave my house and go and run around till the, the streetlights came back on. And then that's when I showed back up and my mom wasn't worried sick about me. If my kids were out of my sight for longer than 10 minutes, I think I would have a coronary attack. It's a different, different world than it used to be. So there are a lot of factors that go into the fact that there are not, uh, scenes being built from you know 13 14 15 year olds yeah man you're not you're not kidding that's something i guess i really just hadn't considered but but you know that's another thing that's just completely changed uh man i conceal carry everywhere i go now and that's not something i would have thought anything of 10 years ago uh but yeah man if i if i'm out in public you best believe I'm concealed carrying because some of these people are crazy out here. <laughs> people it's, are it, people are doing some crazy stuff. You know, I went the same way. At one time, I was like, "Oh, I don't need a gun. No, I'm not going to buy a gun. No, I'm not going to have a gun. No, I'm not going to carry a gun." And then, in the, uh, I think it was about uh, about ten years ago. About ten years ago, I was like, "Okay, I've got to start carrying a gun, whether I want to carry a gun or not." I've got to purchase these things. I've got to own these things. I've got to know how to shoot these things. And I've got to carry these things on a cage. I still don't carry mine everywhere I go. I just can't do it. I can't. I, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know. I just feel like bad about having it on me. You know what I mean? I don't, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the whole me not wanting to be one of those guys who, oh, I've got a gun. You know what I mean? Because I hate those guys. You know, those, oh, well, I've got a gun in, in any situation. I, I don't want to ever be that guy. But also, I just I feel different when I carry a gun and I don't like the feeling. So unless I absolutely have to, I don't. But I've been in plenty of situations where I absolutely had to. Sure. Yeah, man. I, I agree with everything you just said about that. Like, it's like when I first started doing it, I was like, man, like this is kind of an icky feeling. Like, but I think I just it's just a mindset thing. For me, I, th that shifted. I, I've really gotten myself out of my head on that one. It's more, you know, I know what my intent is. My intent is I'm protecting me and my own in the event that something happens. Otherwise, you will never know that I have it, so forth. And, uh, you know, or in the event that, you know, something just publicly goes down in general, I'm in a position to where potentially I could squash the issue. Uh, other than that, no one will ever know that it is anywhere on my body. And I, like I said, I'm right there with you, man. I When I was first, when I first started really caring, I was like, man, this just feels wrong. I'm not this guy, but it was just a shift in mindset. I know what my intentions are and the only reason it is anywhere on my person, you know, in the event that one of these crazy people want to act up. Yeah. Uh, and, and what the, you know, the really thing that really bothered me about carrying a gun is if the situation arises and you do have to pull it out, you got to use it. 
And that's the, that's the part that's like, you know, there's, there's gotta be more thought process. You want to think that you are going to be the lone fucking ranger in that situation. You know what I mean? But there's no guarantee that you're going to be. And it's, it's always a, it's always just a struggle to, to be, because you're putting yourself in that hero role. I'm, I'm going to carry a gun to protect me and my own. So now I've got to be a hero. So that means when I pull it out, I've got to use it. Because if you pull it out and you don't use it, now you're a target, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you've you taken up some kind of mantle of responsibility the moment you pull it out of your holster pocket, whatever. Well, the moment um, you put it on your waist and walk out the door. That, sure. Yeah, it's not even when you pull it. It's sure. just having it. You have that responsibility yeah. that if something goes crazy and maybe that it's not even involved with you but you're gonna have to do something about it because you're the guy who can yeah man yeah no yeah i get get what you're saying there because you know imagine that's that negative self-talk to yourself for the rest of your life if something bad happened and you didn't do anything about it well and and also there's all the fucking paperwork you'd have to deal with after you did it that's that's really the the big deterrent but not to go too crazy off into left field here of talking about guns because we are talking about the pink casino album now the new album is coming out when man we are uh we are shooting for a full album release in spring of 2022 uh we're really gonna dive in and just fine-tune some stuff get some press kits together and uh we're we're gonna do it this time i i i've done this my whole life I've gotten like half involved in projects and like really given like half effort into a lot of stuff and not saying that they were bad, but there was a lot of good stuff that we've done in the past. But, uh, I really told myself this go around of like, no, you're not cheaping out on anything. You're going to pay the right price for this. You're not going to go get the discount. This do the right thing every time. And, uh, I think come spring of next year, we're going to have a, have a really good product that this uh well this this whole southern half of the state's probably never seen now last week we played red hot summer we played two songs today none of those songs are going to be on this new record correct uh only in the event that we decide to uh spice them up and redo them we might redo uncatchable um only because it was the first song i really dove into and uh it was crazy because like I, I knew I was interested and I knew I loved, you know, 80 cents and whatnot. But once you really start to pick it apart, the song turned out as good as it could have for the time. But I know more now about the process than I did then. Uh, it was a lot more involved than I expected. I expected to be able to plug up some keyboards start hitting some keys and that boom, you got an eighties hit and man with these old analog 80 synthesizers, it's just not the case. There is a lot of tweaking, just various things you have to do to make these synthesizers sound, uh, sound good. I, I swear going back to it, I was racking my brain so hard bass. The bass was the hardest thing, man. I just like, I could not get the bass to sound good no matter what I did, but I've kind of dialed into it and I've kind of honed in on it. So, so to wrap that thought up, the only one, if we decide to like start ground up and, and redo it from the ground up, it would be uncatchable. I'll be honest. Red out summer is my favorite song. And that, and we're getting a lot of that. And, and you know, 
I want that response. Like I, I love hearing multiple people tell me different songs are their favorite songs. And I, I would be happy either way. If every person came to me and said, red hot summer is my favorite song, dude, I would be ecstatic about that. But something interesting we get is there's, if you were to really spread it out, there's a pretty even balance. I think, especially I think those four or five tracks I sent you, man, I get pretty even feedback across the board. I'll get randomly. Hey man, believer, man, that one hits me just the right way. And it's all about how you feel when you hear it or what you're thinking or how you can relate. And I feel like, uh, I mean, for me, red hot summer stood out, but all the songs are good. I mean, they're all really good songs. So you can't really, can't really say, well, I dislike this one. It's, it's about which one you like the best. And as for me, it was red hot summer, but I could totally see how other people feeling different ways or, or being of different perspectives could, could like the other songs just as well. Sure. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll take anything. If, if, you know, and even if, even if you don't like it, that's the, you know, I, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to, to play some music and hopefully we all have a good time, but man, getting any kind of positive feedback whatsoever, dude, that, that's just the best. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's the same song over and over and over, or if you know, you're getting it mixed up. It's, it's cool to just hear the positive feedback. The way I look at pink casino is I look at it as if it, even if you don't like the music, even if it's not your vibe, I mean, cause I mean me, I listen to everything. I listen to all kinds of stuff. I listen to hip hop. I listen to R and B. I listen to rock. I listen to heavy rock. I listen to punk. If you catch me in my car, you'll probably catch me listening to punk from like the seventies, but either way, I always listen to different things, but this here caught my ear. And I think that even if you don't like this style of music, which I happen to like it, but if you didn't like it, I feel like you could still recognize that this sound is the sound of, of, of money. This, this sound is professional. This sounds like something that would be on the radio. This sounds like something that everyone should already know about and not just hearing about for the first time on the Brian Reznor experiment. Sure. No, man. And I, I appreciate that feedback as well. We, you know, we get that periodically as well. I actually just had a lengthy conversation with a guy that had, uh, come, he, he came to watch us play at Foster's, uh, two weekends ago. And he, uh, he was like, man, he's like, I'm like strictly Southern rock. Like that's my thing. He's like, but man, I'm not going to lie. I had a great time watching you guys perform. And he's like, and I was into the songs, man, those songs were great. And uh, he's like, I instantly knew that you were, you were riffing on the eighties. And he's like, you know, it's not my thing, but I'm telling you, I still had an excellent time. So he's like, for what it's worth. I was like, man, that's a huge compliment. Mm -hmm. If I can, if I can walk in to a place and play music for a group of individuals who are absolutely not into this style, but they come out of it saying, I had an awesome evening. This was a great time. Thank you, dude. I don't know if you can get a better compliment. Well, it's not just a concert. It's an experience. It's a, it's a whole vibe. You are creating a vibe and people can, can really have a good time with that vibe. The question that I have is because obviously you're doing limited shows. Um, I remember when I was booking in your area, I was trying to book you a hundred times and the answer was no every single time. So you're not booking a bunch of shows. You're not out there. It's not like a whole lot of people can see this all the time. The, the, the shows that you're doing are limited. They're limited to an area. They're limited to a certain number of shows. 
are we going to see an East Coast tour, at least from Pink Casino, when the new album comes out in spring? That is uh, that is being talked about, and man, that is the goal. Uh, getting out and actually playing shows again, because yeah, man, it, it, I you know for the past ten years, you you've you've hit me up to come play these shows and whatnot, and like there's just some. It was a combination of things, man. I got wildly out of shape, man. I almost got there was a time I almost hit four hundred pounds, and are you it, serious? It yeah, dude, it wasn't good. And it was kind of around that time. And I was just like, man, I don't look good. I don't feel good. Uh, I don't really have a solid show together. Where are you at uh, right now? Because you're nowhere near 400 pounds right now. No, I'm down to about 250. So, so how did you do it? What was your uh, what was your route? That's a that's an important question. We got to stop talking about music right now. You just did the unthinkable, going from four hundred to two fifty. I myself am on that road. I, I started at three thirty three, which I'm I'm six four, so I can I can hold that a little bit, you know. But I, I still want to get rid of it. And now I am at two ninety five, under three hundred pounds for the first time in my life. Uh, well, not in my life. I guess when I was a kid, I was a little bit, a little bit less, but not much. <laughs> the thing is, I'm on that road, but I'm nowhere near the kind of success that you just, you know, you just told me about. What? How did you do it? Well, like you just said, man. Like, well, just take into consideration. So that's you say you were about three thirty three ish. Yeah, three thirty three, heaviest so I ever been. So that's uh, about 38 pounds, man, dude, that's a, that's a heavy box of cat litter that you're just no longer carrying around on your body. Right. Like, and I think that's really, for me, that was like, uh, it's fun. Like that was such a weird measurement for me to use for you, but there's a reason I used it. Uh, I think it was a revelation I had, uh, when I dropped that first 40, I was carrying a pound or a 40 pound box of cat litter in my house. And I just thought, man, two, three months ago, this was on my body. Like I was having to get out of bed with this on my body. And I was having to do physical activity with this on my body. And I keeping that in perspective was just such a big thing for me. It's just, yeah, it sucks, man. Cause man, yeah, I think you can agree with me on this dude. Food is so good. Yes. Food is awesome. You just want to <laughs> eat so much of it. Dude, Dude, I could go, I could no limits. I could without being cut off, dude. I could just go to town and never, I could never stop because it's just that good. But it's just, man, it's just perspective for me. I, I, I've, it's willpower was never really so much a thing, but just keeping the perspective of like, you're just going to feel so much better with this off of you. And truly, uh, I mean, it's just a different, it's just a different life I'm living. So, uh, you know, and we all teeter. I've, I've put 10 back on here, taken 10 off. I, I've still got some work to do. I'd like to get down to about 210 for my height. Um, but man, it's just, it's just, uh, that perspective, keeping that perspective of, man, I don't need this 40 pound box of cat litter riding around on my body. <laughs> right. I don't even, I don't even like cats. You're a cat guy yeah. though. You're a cat oh, guy. Yeah. My wife's a, a cat person too. She likes cats. I, I've actually owned a cat. For the first time in my life, like since I think I had one when I was a kid, but like first time in my adult life, I've owned a cat all because my wife loves cats now. So that's love, man. You love cats. I've I've seen your posts about your cats. Well, yeah, I had two and then my girlfriend has two and uh, well, now we have four. So we got four cats. (laughs) So you're like almost a cat lady. Like you're, you're one cat away from being a cat lady, Zach. Well, listen, we almost had a fifth one about 
two, three weeks ago. Oh, it was bad, but, uh, won't be but long. we're still at four. We're, we're coasting at four. So. <laughs> so you're still good. So what did you cut out of your diet to, to reach your goals? Um, you do the keto thing at all? Well, yeah. So, you know, you're going to hear some talk back and forth about like, oh, keto's not good. Keto is no nah, man. Keto's got its place. You can, you can do good things with keto. Um, and I, I spice things up. Uh, what I would do is, uh, largely my biggest thing was just calorie deficit. You, you will always win with a calorie deficit. Now people might go at different speeds, but as long as you're not taking in more than you're putting out, it's, you're always going to be at a net negative on your weight loss. And that's, we, we've got too much as far as like, you know, I, I don't mean to veer too off topic with this one, but like in terms of just health, we've got a lot of misinformation on that. We, I think we're leading a lot of people to believe that, you know, this particular issue you have is preventing you from losing weight, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, at the worst, it's making it harder. But at the end of the day, man, it, the, the absolute fix all is eat less than you burn or uh, than, than's needed to burn and you will always win. But uh, so I did that mostly. Now, every few months, if I was getting into kind of a lull or maybe feeling like I was hitting a plateau, uh, I might do no carbs for 30, 60 days. And, uh, you know, it would be a nice reset. Uh, I feel like cutting carbs to- has really helped me. Like I, there's, there are products that have really changed my whole perspective. There is a, uh, I, I like when I find that I can, that I can eat something again that I, I didn't realize that I could eat. Like, have you ever heard of carb, not a pasta, man? No, I haven't. There's like a carb. I, I've tried all the, the pasta substitutes. I, I I've tried. I don't know if you've tried Palmini. It's made of uh, palm trees. It's noodles made of palm trees. It's, it's not that great, but if you cook it with a shit ton of butter, it can be pretty awesome if you haven't had spaghetti in a while. Uh, there's also there's uh, the, the weird uh, mushroom noodles that are in the, the wet bag in the, in the, like, the vegetable section. Those are, those are good as long as you don't smell them because they smell like fucking shit. They're terrible smelling. But the, the, actual, uh, the actual noodle itself, if you, once again, you add a bunch of butter, you can make it taste good. The best one that I had had was the black bean soy pasta. That was a really, really good substitute for for spaghetti noodles until I discovered carbonata. And carbonata is a low-carb pasta that tastes just like egg noodles. I have actually, my kids, I make, we, we make spaghetti for the kids. The kids eat it and love it, have no idea that it's even a substitute pasta. Like, we, we eat it for everything now. It's, it's the pasta of the house. Even though everybody's not on a diet, nobody minds because nobody can tell. Man, you're gonna have to link me up to that because I'm a pasta fanatic. That would uh, I will send. I will send it over to you. I just order it because we we can get it at Publix, but it's like rare. You might see it at Publix, you might not. So we just stop buying it out at store out at stores because there's no stores that carry it except for Publix, and Publix doesn't always have it. So we just order cases of it to the house. (laughs) It's it's perfect. Another thing, all like, uh, do you know anything about uh, Costco's so Solanda bread? I'm going to say no. They're like kind of like unbelievable, uh, unbelievable buns. Uh, that I don't, I wish I could get unbelievable buns, but I, I can't in my area. But uh, Costco's got a version of it. And that has actually introduced bread back into my life. They have like a loaf of bread and they also have like hamburger buns that uh, have no sugar and have a ton of protein in them. 
they're they've really changed up some stuff for me. And of course, cauliflower is God's gift to people on a diet. Oh yeah, man. Most most certainly. Uh man, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to link me to some stuff. This this bread's got me intrigued too. Uh, because I'm a bread fanatic and and you know, we make concessions on bread whenever you're trying to lose weight. So Right. Yeah, most certainly. Since, One thing uh, that I added, and I, and we'll we'll stop talking about diets after I tell you about this. There's since you're excited about the bread and you're excited about the pasta, I will tell you about something else I was able to add back to my diet that made me super happy because I've always been a huge fan of cookies and milk. And you can't get cookies and milk and be on a diet, right? Wrong. You can. What you need is walnut milk, and you need the keto chocolate chip cookies from Aldi. I've never seen them anywhere else. I've only seen them at Aldi, but they come in a little like aqua green bag. And if you put four of those in a little cup of walnut milk, you will experience cookies and milk again without all of the guilt. Oh man, I love hearing that. I don't know if you've been back here since uh, since we had one, but we've got an Aldi's here now. No, so. I have not been back since you got one, but I'm glad that you do have one because I guarantee you they have those cookies. They also have a keto bread there too. So there's an interesting amount of keto stuff that you can find at all these and quest. I don't know if you uh, ever deal with the quest brand of products. They used to have these quest bars and they tasted like a little bit like, uh, like drywall putty. They were terrible. Now they have cookies and they're awesome. And they also have chips and pizza. You can get quest pizza and quest chips. So yeah, man, funny enough. I just, we just started the quest pizzas like, uh, month or two ago and they're pretty killer they're pretty they are. good yeah. um, i'm pretty excited about that because i'm telling you the first round that i got with those bars i was not happy i bought it i had to buy two boxes of the bars because i got them at costco so you had to buy the the bulk of it and i was like oh i'm gonna like these and they were terrible and they sit in my cabinet forever because i would not eat them and I, it kind of turned me off a of quest but then i had a friend tell me oh these cookies are bomb i tried the cookies the cookies were awesome and now i'm now i'm to the pizzas and the chips Right on, man. Absolutely. Good stuff. It is good stuff. And we are actually way off topic. We're talking about Pink Casino's brand new album. And I've kind of got a half-ass answer out of him as far as a tour goes. So we may see Pink Casino on tour this spring. We're definitely getting a brand new album. And we have got an exclusive clip of a song that is going to be on the new album that no one has heard yet. And this is going to be the very first time it is ever played. That is correct, Zach, right? That is correct. It is outside of this home. It has not been heard by anyone. Okay, so we are going to set this up. I want to know what went into making this song. I want to know the process. I want to know why you didn't you didn't get it finished so we could hear the whole thing and we're just hearing a clip. I want to hear it all. Give me give me the dirt, Zach. So this is another one of those tracks that came together very quick. Uh, came across some some samples I really liked, and I, I love how that that's how I always know that I've I've got a cohesive song on the rise is when I hear sound clips that that I would like to use. I just in my mind instantly form a whole song around it immediately. This one, like the from the ground up, I had it in my head probably within an hour of just you know thinking about different beats and whatnot. And, uh, it just really came together very quickly. And, um, we, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I don't know if you're familiar with parachute brigade, uh, here in Beckley. I but, sure uh, am. I, I love those guys. They're, they're awesome. So Eric Robbins, I've got him featured on this track. He sings the second verse of the song and, uh, man, it is excellent. He, he is uh, excellent. 
Yes, he is absolutely excellent. He uh, he he did a lot of the, the harmonies and whatnot. Um, so the the clip that you're playing, he's actually in it. It's just not he's not in the forefront of it like he is in his verse of the song. But uh, but yeah, we got him on the track, and and it really added something special to it. Yeah, it's in terms of my excuse, uh, we were really on pace to get it done because we've got it written. It was just a matter of getting it done. The uh, Vess, who is our who plays lead guitar. Man, he's just an excellent, excellent blues guitarist, and he wrote some just killer stuff for it. It's really just a shame to let anyone hear it without it because it's a different song without it. Now, the, the guitar that's added in the clip you have, it's good. He's done it, and it's done. But there are several areas in this uh, this song where he just lets it rip and it is just excellent. We, uh, we got, we got together a couple of last minute shows, uh, around, uh, well, it was Wyoming County. And then we had one, uh, in Oak Hill and, uh, getting our stuff together to play that show. That was kind of, that was kind of the, the halt on finishing this track up. Well, we are going to forgive you for that, but I want to know that you are going to guarantee me that the very first debut of this song will be on the Brian Reznor experiment. You've got it. You so, get the you get the first playthrough. All right, so you've heard it here first. We are going to hear the clip of the song, and then later when the song is finished, we are going to hear the entire song right here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Thank you so much, Zach, for being a part of the show today. We really appreciate your insight, and I appreciate uh, you you coming and, uh, and stopping by with us. You know it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, right now we are going to hear this clip of the brand new song from the brand new album. What is the brand new album called? Ah, uh, we're still working on the title. Oh, it's That'll- still untitled. Yes. So. So here is All I Ever Wanted from the brand new album from Pink Casino coming out in the spring of 2022. That's a clip from the new Pink Casino song, and I've been told that we are going to get the exclusive drop when this song drops. Right now, I am in a conversation with a guy that I've been wanting to talk to for a very long time. Brought on Lance Likens from Level Up Trading. He is here to talk to me about the craziness that is AMC. Lance, thank you for being a part of the show today. Hey, man, Brian, thanks for bringing me on. Uh, I've been holding uh, AMC since probably around uh, January, mid-January, and uh, I've done nothing but it keep, but uh, treat it like a like a savings account that's just you know it's going to explode and shoot gold everywhere. I've just been you know buying more, buying more, buying more from other swing trades and other things that I've done. Now, what you're saying is that you feel as if it's a sure thing. This thing is going to blow up. Now, before we get any farther into this conversation, (laughs) I want to let everybody know that I am not a financial advisor. Lance is not a financial advisor, and this is not financial advice. But but you, sir, the stock, I like the stock very much. You like the stock and you would be considered an ape. 
Correct. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like to hold on to things. You are an ape, and <laughs> and you know what? I am an ape as well. I own about fifty shares of AMC. I'm, I'm sitting on a, uh, about fifty shares nice. of it because I believe in the hype, or maybe it's because I want to believe in the hype. But today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of explain the hype from someone who is kind of uh, well, not a financial expert, but an <laughs> expert of sorts of paying attention to this stock and what it's doing and what it may do in the future. First of all, they call this the mother of all short squeezes. So I'd like to, yes, I would like to start from the beginning and say, what exactly is a short squeeze? Okay. So a short squeeze is when a, uh, a hedge fund becomes out leveraged and that happens when there's, there's a certain cap market cap. And there's a certain amount of trades for it, right? And uh, a certain amount of, of shares. And a hedge fund will will short a stock to drive the price down. And now a short a short is when basically they're betting against the company. Like this company, they Absolutely. think it's going to fail. All right, so that's a yes. short. That's a a put option, correct? Basically, yes, yes. But they have to buy those back eventually. They have to buy. So what the, what the idea is is I you know this stock a company abc it doesn't matter um do you you think that this stock you know is going to have some sort of stellar earnings report or something that's been suffering you know I mean, it's not been doing well but it's again should all 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 reasonable logical explanations say that this stock should turn around and be going up and and you and a bunch of us we all we all buy shares shares in it and so the um what happens is is these these uh, hedge funds they start shorting the stock and driving the price down. And for decades, people like me and you, retail would be like, "Okay, this was a bad idea. I'm going to take my losses on this one and get out." And they drive the price even that causes even more selling. And the price of this company now bottomed out, and they get to buy, they get to cover all those shares at a fraction of what everybody else you know was was in on. And they, that's how they, they, they make bank. Well, retail's figured out a way, you know, has kind of figured out a way to beat them at their own game. Now, hold on. They, when you say retail, what you're talking about is traders that are trading on, uh, on, on platforms like Robinhood or Webull yes. or public uh, marriage trade. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, those it, are retail it, investors and the, the traditional investors, anyone without a broker license. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. So yeah, just, so, just wanted to clear that up real yeah, quick for anybody well, listening. Yeah, That's anybody, what a retail investor is. 99.9% of anybody listening right now is retail. I mean, that, we're, we're, you, me, we're all retail investors. Yes. Okay. So, um, so what, what happens is, is now they, they short this stock, but I have every reason to believe in, you know, and but think technology's finally caught up, caught up with them. We're finally doing what they've been doing on the wall street floor for years. And that's talking in real time and be like, I haven't sold. Have you sold? I'm still holding. No, I'm going to hold. And everybody's just being on, you know, it's not, not illegal to say, I like the stock. I'm still holding. I, I've got, I'm buying more and everybody's doing that. And instead of, so what, what's happening is, they they're still they're not letting they're still standing in front of this train. They're shorting the stock down, but when they short it down, we just buy the dip and hold more. And so what eventually happens with the short squid is is we buy up all the shares, and now they have to buy back all those shares they bet against at whatever price we decide to sell it, and the price goes 
straight up through to the moon. Yeah, they uh, quickly like within, within within they'll have to halt it several times going up because it'll quickly double, triple, quadruple whatever the price it is per share at at that given moment when it once it goes. Now we've once seen they, this happen. They, before. And what happens once they get a, a margin call? What happens is is that a market you know it's just kind of almost conflict of interest. These hedge funds are also market makers. Okay, people like like Citadel and and, and them. What happens is is that they'll get a margin call, which could potentially crash the rest of the market because they're holding such such a high number of stake in all these different blue chips. They'll have to liquidate those to cover all these shares that they now have to cover because they're into the hundreds of millions, even billions of shares shorted of AMC alone. That's not even counting GameStop and some of these others that they've shorted. Yeah, there's a ton of stocks that are actually shorted right now. None have the the press as AMC. And it's funny, when you watch the news, you would think that AMC is the worst buy ever. If you're if you're paying attention to media, then it'd be like, why are you buying this stock? This this thing is going to tank. And right now it's at a price that it shouldn't technically be at it i mean as far as what everybody says this isn't a technical play and for all intensive purposes i'm not even still holding this necessarily 50 percent of why i'm holding this isn't even about the come up which it is you know i'm I'm all about the money that i'm going to make from this and i am very adamant and and my and my stance on that it's going to do what i think it's going to do and i'm going to make this money because they the shorts still haven't covered but it's also about I'm, you know, holding and standing for a more transparent and a more fair market because the, what they're doing is total and blatant market manipulation. You know, the, the, the fines that they're given that these, this, I'm talking about trillion with a T company is, you know, that's how much money they handle on a, you know, on a weekend week out basis, like Citadel, um, the fines that they get for failures to deliver on these shares that they shorted is basically, you know, it's nothing. It's a slap on the wrist and it's a slap in the face to, to retail when the, you know, a failure to deliver in my, on my account gets my account liquidated. Yeah, that, that is true. And the way you just described it is what you're doing is like protesting, except for instead of tear gas, you get profits. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, yeah, right. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just like you know, if Fat Joe came in and just made it rain and all of us. It's, that's, uh, that's right. So <laughs> the question is, the the people that are invested now. One thing that I'd like to say is, if you're going to invest in stock, you want to invest money that you are not afraid to lose. If you don't have money that you're not afraid to lose, then don't play the game. It's it's never simple as that. Never bet the rent money. Never, ever, ever, ever yeah. bet the rent money. Never, ever put yourself in a position where you are struggling because of an investment you were trying to make that it's is okay to move back in with mom though if you're holding amc and you just don't want to cash it out till it goes i understand <laughs> if you want to move back yeah i, I guess you I know mean, if that's your uh, choices you can make those choices we're not telling you to make those choices but no, if you no, want no, to never, never bet the rent money you're, you're absolutely right so this has happened before in the past we have seen this happen with volkswagen we have seen this happen with GameStop recently. There are other stocks yeah. that are uh, that are shorted now. Volkswagen, we never seen go to a hundred thousand dollars a share. GameStop, it we went, never it seen went to twelve hundred. But also that there was a lot smaller cap, and it was of the the amount of shares out, uh, outstanding. Uh, the the see the amount of shares they had to cover was significantly less than what the reason they're going to call this the Moaz is because 
At this point, we've got, you know, uh, retail investors have calculated we own the float four times over. That's 2 billion shares that they're going to have to cover before they even break cap. Wow. And, and as far as Volkswagen, what and was the cap on we that? decide to sell it. Right. So th- that's why people are saying, because there <laughs> are people out there that are not in the mainstream media that are calling for a hundred thousand dollars a share. Like that uh, is a realistic yeah, thing. It's, 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 it's a thing. It's, it's a lot of people calling for it. Do I, now I don't like to give uh price targets like that. I don't like, cause that gives people, uh, that creates FUD. That creates, that's FUD stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And what that does is it, it, I say, if I say, man, all my, according to all my algorithms and all my, uh, all my research, I, I really think this stock is going to go to a hundred dollars by Friday. I could be wrong. And then you usually will be You're wrong all the time in this, in this, this, this is, this is gambling for people that are really good at homework. Um, but, <laughs> I this, like but so it, say it only, you know, it goes up to, to $80 and they short the, short the Johnson out of it. And it goes, it goes back down to, you know, just down to the 60s, and that's all it does for the week. Well, now I'm all of a sudden uncredible. This is, you know, and this gets turned into, the headlines get turned into, uh, you know, say say that I'm, uh, you know, some sort of like like Trace Trades or, or Matt Kors, one of these guys with a big fault, one of the big YouTube analysts. And now it turns into, you know, uh, retail investors let down after AMC doesn't do what they think it's going to. And that, and that, and that perpetuates the the media storm that this thing has not got covered in a good light since we've started it. Because if you look in the background and all the screens and everything, when, when, uh, when mad money's on with Jim Cramer and all them Citadel owns all that they own the Motley fool. They own, they, they're the biggest in If you look at their sponsors they're the number one sponsor on all of these, it's a conflict of interest. They're only covered. It's like, it's like Fox news only recovers what the Republicans want to say. It's just what it is, what it is. Yeah, it, it's exactly right. And, and it's something that's weird that people, your average person who doesn't invest in stocks has no clue the type of information manipulation that is taking place right now in front of our very eyes. And it makes you wonder like, you know, cause you want to, when you, someone says, okay, these stocks are going to be a hundred thousand dollars a share and we're all going to be millionaires that sounds yeah. like some complete it and total crazy. It yeah sounds crazy. it sounds like some complete and total bullshit do, it, now personally do i think it could hit a hundred thousand per share the the mass the mass is there that i mean in theory it, it, it could do am i holding for a hundred thousand personally i think everyone needs to have their own plan in place that's holding mc of what what they think it's going to do and why and when they are going to sell, not just because someone else told them they should hold to a hundred thousand and then they get their feelings hurt, but it doesn't down do I am personally, I am very, very, um, I, I am very confident that, that at the earliest I'm going to let loose of any shares. Once this, once this we start is I'm going to start letting go of some, once it hits a thousand plus a thousand but, plus, but I didn't, now, a very realistic for me, and this is me. This is my plan. This is what I do. I think it could easily uh, hit the ten thousands and hit, go up into the ten, twenty, thirty thousand. Yes, it could. There was a mining company just last year in twenty twenty that uh, you know those they get talked a lot. They don't they don't co- they don't cover these things in the media, and you don't know about them unless you really do your homework. No, because they don't promote them losing their tails. You know what I mean? So, uh, in, in twenty twenty, there was a mining company in Australia that got a short squeeze that shot up to $25,000 per share. Now it had a really short cap, but everybody knew what they had in the set on it. And it basically that's this ran. 
it's possible. It can happen. Now I'm not going to say, is it going to, I'm not, I'm not getting on that boat, but it could happen. It, there's everything's yeah. pointing toward it. And like, like I was saying earlier, when you hear that a hundred thousand dollars a share, you think it sounds like bullshit. But then when you look at all the money that's being dumped into manipulating the consumer, it, it yeah. it's, then you then you start wondering like what is behind this and, and just like you said you know Jim Cramer is owned by Citadel all these all these different people who are supposed to be giving us advice are actually owned by the companies that are going to hurt the worst if yeah. we're right you know what I mean it, if the apes is, are right it almost makes me just like after this is over like how much do I really want to keep playing in this market if Gary Gensler and the SEC don't really make this market more transparent and make and to make the, this right that they don't make this play and this move right with retail investors. There's a whole generation of people that are just going to be like, man, screw the stock market. Well, that that's a, a good way to look at it too. That could easily happen. If uh, you know, if a sour taste becomes in the mouths of all these retail investors. And it, I noticed that when you, when you hear people talk about stocks that are not retail investors, they talk about retail investors like they're second class citizens. <laughs> They do. Isn't that like, weird? Like, like, like we should all, we should all be forced to, to be removed from our positions in AMC because we don't obviously know any better. We are dumb money. Right. That's, that's right. how they look at it. Yeah. And uh, it, it's simply not the case. What's happened here is we, is we've beat them at their own game. And every 200 years of approximately, you see some sort of huge revolution in the world. And we're really kind of, kind of do for one of those. And I think you're about to see the one, the biggest redistribution of wealth in our lifetimes. You think that AMC is going to be that or short squeezes yes. in general, just AMC. I, th- I think AMC and, and, and GameStop, those two are, are really kind of tethered to each other. So do you see GameStop going up? All the same companies. Huh? You, you see GameStop going up again. So it's yes, not over. I think it's going to make, it's not, a, not over. I think it's going to make another run. I don't think it's going to do what it was initially really like going to go off and do. They really got cheated on that. But I can't see any of these platforms standing in front of that train for, uh, for Citadel and Ken Griffin again, because that's going to be prison. It's going to be prison time for them. Wow. That's a, that, that's a, a big thought. I haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about GameStop, but when you think about it not being over, where, where could that go? Because GameStop is a lot higher than AMC right now. It is. It is. And here's, here's the reason why I see it so good is because there's a whole big sect of people just like AMC that it has. It's, they've not went anywhere. They've not sold. There's a lot of people, you know, Roaring Kitty, he still has a huge following of people. That's, that's, he, and that guy is one of the main ones who really kind of, put so many people onto the short squeeze business and explain that we, uh, this is how we beat these billionaires at their own game. And the, and he's kind of like, yeah, you have several and, and no, and here's the thing. No, no one wants to be the, the official or unofficial leader of this. We all just want to, 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 to make bread fair and square in this market, the same as everybody else. And it's that the eight movement is more so about, just as much about fair markets as what it is about manipulating a certain stock move. All right. So if we were going to talk about other stocks that you think 
could uh, could have some potential. I mean, obviously, AMC is the mother of all short squeezes for a reason. <laughs> but yeah. is and before we start talking about this, I want to remind everybody that I am not a financial advisor. Lance Likens is not a financial advisor, <laughs> no. and we are not financially advising you at all. So no, Lance Likens is primary a uh, uh, musician. I go by Lance a lot. You can find all my stuff at Lance a lot music. On uh, is my handle on anything. I'm electronic music producer and DJ. And actually, I have a uh, a new EP and uh, vinyl release coming out tomorrow. So it's called Let's Do It. If anybody wants to check it out. And where do we find that at? Uh, it's getting ready to be released on all streaming platforms. You'll be able to, to find it on the. Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. I got some new tracks coming out with uh, some with some really uh, big people in the electronic world, like Jason Leach and uh, Juju Beats, and it's getting released through Juju Beats' new label, uh, Mutkai Music. So, like I said, my handle on everything is at Lancelot Music. Uh, it's L A N C L O T T M U S I C. Well, definitely, we would like to drop that track on the Brian Reznor Experiment <laughs> next week. So, when it comes out, you know, send it over my way. I will definitely I'll- play it on the show. I will, you know, I'll link you the unreleased. It's, I'll get able to say that for one more day, but uh, yeah, I'll release. I'll, I'll link you the unreleased track when we get off here. All right, well, fantastic. <laughs> uh, now let's go into the other stocks that you think could possibly blow. What what other okay. stocks are you looking at? Okay, there, there's there's a, a a number of ones that I really think are uh, that have that have really good potential and are and are really good. You know, that are good picks right now. Um, I. The the most recent big runner was uh, SPCE uh, Spice. It, it took off. Uh, MMAT, MM, you know, uh, MMAT is a really really good short uh, short squeeze candidate. It's uh, it's short floats currently like forty three percent, making it one of the top shorted stocks. Forty three percent short in a forty five million uh, float. That's like spotting a twelve point buck on your property a week before gun season. Wow, you know what I mean? Like that's. Uh, yeah, it hit a high of twenty dollars after they made a merge this past summer, and uh, fell all the way down to four dollars, and it's currently back up to to six, and it dropped down in the low fives uh, last, at the end of the last week. But uh, with the volume growing and some some analysts now you know discussing it, this could be the buy point now, and uh, they're about to drop a, a special dividend to people soon. So I'll probably load up. Um, there's people talking about a price target. Uh, of like, you know, 26 to $30 and even higher. But uh, I'm going to be conservative on this one and probably get out and start taking my profits around 15. Oh, okay. Any- but uh, I, I'm worried, you know, I, I'm really into like uh, some swing trades. I like, really like um, uh, Mara and Riot for long. Those are the two biggest uh, crypto mining companies in uh, the United States, uh, respectively. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm long on both of those. Um, as far as like the, uh, the, and it says crypto, I, you know, I, if, if nobody's been watching it, you ain't privy to Solana. Uh, my, I even got out of, the, of my purse a little early on it. Uh, I got, I think I got my girlfriend in on it. It's like, uh, $28 a coin or 28 bucks a coin. And now it just ran up in the past week. It ran up from around 70 to 80 dollars per coin to 150 where do you find where do you find solana at uh solana you can actually buy solana on what used to be Blockfolio, which is now the apps called ftx um that's a that's a good one to uh to buy it on I, it's and it's tethered to solar paneling and through uh the reason it's called solana it's and that it's it that's it's niche if you want to read i'm not going to go into it but if you want to read up on it it's it's 
tethered to solar energy. And I think that that's a coin that's just going to keep doing things. It's going to be your next Ethereum and one of the ones being eventually by maybe next year or the year after being worth a thousand per coin. That's um, awesome. Having having a connection to solar like that, giving it the, the you know the yeah. reusable energy token, it, it, that's a good thing. Yeah, rene- renewable energy. But you know what? Every, you know, and it's it, it's the big dick energy of re- of renewable energy. Yes, it sure is. I'm actually in the solar industry, so I, I appreciate yeah. that compliment. Uh, uh, that's cool. So, uh, just real quick, some other ones that have that have a chance to, uh, to I think, could take off in September uh, as far as short squeeze potentials are uh, Support.com Incorporated, which is SPRT. I think it could have another another quick juice, another quick run up. Um, your Big Five Sporting Good Corp, uh, BGFV, uh, Nicola Corp, NKLA, uh, Intercept Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, ICPT, Tattooed Chef Inc., TTCF, uh, Workhorse Group Incorpor- Incorporated, WK- WKHS, uh, Blink Charging Company, uh, which bring Blink Charging Co. is BLNK, and then Prelude Therapeutics Incorporated, which is PRLD. And then last but not least, I already made made money off this. This is one of my first big swing trades uh, back in January was was Sundial, was the marijuana company's SNDL, and I uh, that was the first time I started trading. I'm really actually fairly new, but I've dived in head first and had a lot of good success with it. I started with twenty five hundred dollars in January, and since then have turned my trading account to about around two hundred thousand. Wow. So uh, I was actually going to ask you about Sundial. I was going to I was going to ask you about some of the ones that I've been holding on to to see if maybe I was holding for a reason. Sundial being one of them, I'm sitting on about seventy five shares of Sundial. Hey, yeah, dude, hell yeah! <clears throat> I, uh, I made money on Sundial when it for made. I got this the like the perfect swing trade. And that was my first really like yeah trade. I went all in. I, I well not in God. I got it. Got up to like. I got my account like double, like the five thousand dollars or something, and I took, wow. I took, I took that, uh, I took like two thousand dollars worth and bought Sundial when it was right that morning. I saw it was getting ready to make its run. Everybody was talking about it on Twitter and whatnot, and it went from seventy cents to a dollar, and I bought like two thousand. I bought two thousand dollars worth of it, and it ran all the way up to three dollars. Right at the end of the day, and I started like, man, should I just sit on this? Should I keep running? I was like, I was looking at the account. I was like, this is your biggest come up yet. Go ahead, and you know, I was like, man, just just take your money right now. And if you want to get back in tomorrow, or if you miss out on the rest of it, I was like, just just take your just take your take your winnings on this one. Mm-hmm. And I and I got out. And after hours, and by the next morning in pre market, it fell all the way back down to below a dollar. And so within like you know within you know market opening the next morning, and I was like. I got in and out of that one just luckily perfect. And it wasn't because I, like, I did anything special. It was just because I decided to tuck my tail between my legs and run. That's the right time. That's like my exact story with Dogecoin. Uh, like, I, I, I pulled <laughs> right, that. There's a lot of people that did the same thing. Hey, but listen, there's a lot of people that got left holding a purse on that one. Yeah, right. That's, but the, uh, the as far as Sundial, I'm sitting on, on about 75 shares of that. But another one that I'm sitting on about 75 shares of that you didn't mention, which worries me, is Zoometica. Ah, well... Listen, I, I have a friend who's who's bullish on Zumedica, and I, it's just one that I've I have personally have not got I've not just not not got in on. You know, you miss it, you, you you don't catch them all. What about Naked Brand? You know anything about Naked Brand? Yes. yes. So Naked was was really um, 
it had it had a, a like a like a like a real like a real high potential of, of going off earlier, like back in January, February. I don't like and, that word "had." Well, sitting on well, too many of them for a had, Lance. That's <laughs> right. It, what happened was, it, you know, it, it was another one who got continually got shorted the way that he did, and it lost it lost a lot of its daily volume and it lost a lot of its cap of people holding it. But uh, apparently, it, you know, it's resurging. There's a lot more people once again, you know, hold, holding holding negative bags. So, so question for you: you you we've talked about retail investors, and you are a retail investor. I am a retail investor. What? platforms are you investing on which ones do you think are are good to use which ones do you think are not good to use um what are your thoughts on that let's let's start with robin hood do you use robin hood <laughs> no not at all no way don't use robin hood so I, no. I have a lot of money in robin hood i will i will admit i, I do have a, a, a lot of money in robin hood right now but you're not a oh, fan of robin hood not at all man vlad can suck one um <laughs> he has the worst haircut of any trader in the market he does that's true he's literally, he's, he's literally like the town penis anywhere he goes <laughs> but um so he uh he you know he he really he took a dart to the chest for those guys and, and really screwed the the GameStop uh squeeze by him and, and he was not alone he's not the only one there was several of those of those retail platforms like you know them Webull, um a couple others they um they halted trading, and you couldn't. By halt trading, I don't mean completely. You could still sell your shares so that the hedge funds could suffer, but you couldn't buy. And that, you know, I still don't understand how they got out of that, and why no one, why there wasn't more done about it. Like that, that in itself was just criminal. Well, there are but, still things being done. Uh, right. That that is currently in litigation. So, uh, well, so okay. when you mentioned, so, but, but what, what I'm saying. The reason, one of the other reasons why you don't want your, your I'm not a fan of Robinhood or Weeble and those, is because you don't technically own your shares. You don't completely 100% own your shares. Your shares are your your shares are owned by that platform, and they they're a, they are acting as a holding company, holding your shares, which means your shares that you paid for are still available to be lent out for shorting to the hedge funds. Really? So you, yeah. So like if, where I own all my shares on TD Ameritrade, I have the ability to, to switch between cash, not cash or merger, you know, margin and, and all these different uh, variables in my account as with anywhere, but I can turn off sh- uh, my shares for loan on mine. And, they, and then TD Ameritrade will not allow my shares to be shorted against which is what you want when you're, you're you're playing the eight games and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to out leverage these companies. You don't want them to have any more ammunition. Right. So Weeble on that list too. You don't mess with Weeble. Yeah. Don't mess with the Weeble. Man, we- the Weeble, no, Weeble News is like, it's really good for if you want to go in there and just get your feelings hurt about some stocks you like. Well, Weeble, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have Weeble too. I have money in Weeble and it, it seems like the reason why I don't mess with my Weeble account is, you know, there's a lot of analytics on there. There's a lot of information. It's, it seems like it's a better platform until you have to actually deal with Weeble and everything you try to do <laughs> right. is such a pain in the ass. You can't sell a stock and buy more. You got to wait two days for everything to clear. You've got to wait for your money. Everything yeah. is a waiting game with Weeble. And I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's, I, I, I don't get any kind of money for uh, endorsing them 
or promoting them or saying they're number one. But I, I, I really, really push anybody who I talk to in my Discord or that I'm that anybody who's making their first account, and I'm walking them through making an account and, and telling you know, tell, explaining them all the stocks that I'm holding and how to look up the ones that they potentially would like to buy. Um, I always have everybody make a TD Ameritrade account simply for the fact of it's just, it's, it's just more, it's, it's safer, more concrete. And they don't, you know, the, the fact of the share lending. Well, I, I tell and, you, I've, and, the, and the, and also the apps they have with it, the, um, the, uh, the stickers, the, uh, thinker swim app that lets you see the, char- the, the, the tickers and the, and the charts in real time. That's invaluable. Right. I have found a new one that I really enjoy that I've put some money into, which is the public app and public actually it's sort of like Reddit and Robin hood had a baby because you get the social network atmosphere. You get to see what people are saying about stocks. I'm not checked it out yet. Do you like it? I love public public is awesome. Uh, Cause it's, it's just like a social network that you can, you're, you're basically sharing your information of what you're trading people. You can see what people are saying about stocks. You can talk to other people about stocks. It's, it's really, it's a really interesting platform. And if you are interested in investing in the stock market, you can check the focus group of res. If you join the focus group of res, you can see a a link there that will lead you to some free stock. I'm going to be putting that in the, uh, in the group right after this show airs Lance. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me about AMC and other stocks today. I I think that this is a good way to educate the masses because not everyone realizes that this is a game that people, that rich people have been playing for a long time to become extremely rich. And this is a way. I was always made to believe that it was over my head and that I shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, couldn't be. And honestly, like I just, like I said, uh, one, I quit. I quit drinking back uh, in October of 2020. Well, congratulations, and, sir. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, it was it was you know a health, a health choice and a lifestyle choice. And what happened was is I didn't realize how much of my free time I spent all you know con, you know it's out drinking all the time. And I had to find new things to do with my free time. But so you know I started working on music a lot more, but still there was a lot more time to be had. And I and the stock market had always really uh, interested me. But and I and I first started out with that twenty five hundred is, is more of like a hobby play, something I thought I was going to do on my side. And it turns out like it's really not that hard. But everyone could do it. So I can do this. Anyone could do this. And I I got on. I got really got to following the right people on Twitter and YouTube, and then joined some some of their private discords and started paying you know for premium discords. And once you, it's just like. Um, it's like anything else. Like if you could get, you know, if you get good at call of duty or fantasy football or anything, the more research you do and the more you're into it, the more you're playing, the more good moves and more good games you're going to have. True. Anybody can do this. You know, and it's, it's very interesting when you're standing in line at the gas station and you got somebody in front of you that's, that's shelling out 150 bucks for scratch off tickets. And, and you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> if you just put that 150 bucks in a stock in AMC, baby. Or, in AMC <laughs> or, or, you know, anything really, you're going to get yeah. a better turnaround than if you're sitting there scratching tickets. It, it just doesn't make sense to play the lotto when you know about stocks. Man, my roommate is a, is a big time, uh, a sports gambler. He's on, he's on FanDuel every day and, and he's good at it. He makes a lot of money, but like I was, I was begging him to put money in the AMC back when it was like seven, six or $7 a share. 
and he was acting like I was crazy. But this is when I was still real new, and I hadn't really had my a couple of big run ups like I've had in in the you know the summer and, and spring. And uh, you know he's kind of kicking himself now, but that's the kind of attitude I have about it. When and I used to really enjoy the sports betting and gambling a whole lot more than what I do now because I'm just constantly like I could put that money to so much. The, way higher odds than what this what this ticket is that I'm, that I'm scratching a coin on. Where did you buy MC at? Where where, where, where was your buy in? I had I've bought it all up and down the board. Well, I'm but saying, what was your lowest buy in? I the lowest buy in when I got in was five dollars. My lowest was eleven. Nice. Well, that's still that's still great. I got in on it at uh, five dollars and then it ran up to ten. It fell back to six, seven, eight. I got in a bunch there at eight and then. It went up to like in the like 12, 13, 14 before it made its big run up. And I bought a lot of shares there right before it took off out of the teens and, and made its big run up. And I was sitting on 2,500. I've moved some money around to make some other trades and whatnot. I gifted my dad 100 shares for uh, Father's Day. Um, but I'm still sitting on 2,000 plus shares, just, you know, just waiting on to see what, what that does. And, I, and I'm still. You know, and it, 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 let me, I'll say this at $50 per share. If I had enough, you know, like if I had the extra cash, that wasn't, I just didn't want to use for, for options and trade other trades. I still, I still think $50 is still a good buy. Really? <laughs> so you I just still keep think, buying the dip. Yeah, dude. I think, I think $50 right now is still a buy. I mean, and um, this is not financial advice, but I like the stock at $50 to buy. Yes, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice, but we are talking to Lance Likens from <laughs> Level Up Trading. And thank you so much for stopping in today. Hey, thank you, Brian. Hey, my buy-in on Doge, a third of a cent. My man, fifty grand. That's how you yeah, make it. Uh, that it was. It was. It was a great time. So, uh, <laughs> question. Real question before you roll out. I'm thinking yeah. about dumping some money into Shib. What do you think about Shib? Hey, listen. The Shib's the dirty dog, baby. That's listen. I had a friend who a fellow musician, John Dose. I'll drop I'll name drop John Dose. Begged me to buy Shib right before it made its big run, and he had like. 18, I think he put like 800 or $1,800. It was, it was less than 2000. It, it was somewhere between eight, 800 and 1800. And, and like, they went ahead, it's big run up in, in a day. He had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Wow. See, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to dump some money into ship. We are not yeah. financial advisors. This is not financial advice. And we will see you next time right here on the Brian Reznor experiment. Thank you so much, Lance Likens. Peace out, bro. Another great conversation in the books. And that is what this show is all about. Great conversation. There are lots of great conversations happening in the focus group of res on Facebook. Make sure you join the focus group of res on Facebook to find out what is coming up on upcoming episodes and talk about it and form the way this show goes by your opinions and, and your posts in the group. Also give us a like on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash the Brian Resner experiment. Check us out on Twitter at Brian F and Resner, or you can check us out on Instagram at the Brian Resner experiment. We always have a great time here on the experiment, but it always comes that time when we have to say goodbye. And that is where we're at right now. Remember ladies and gentlemen, that positivity is the secret to life. Logic is omnipotent. Truth is infallible and life is opportunity. We will see you next time right here on the Brian Reznor Experiment.
the Brian Reznor Experiment on Superior Radio Network. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Sitting on top of the world, I want to be shining like diamonds and pearls. I'm wanting you to go there with me, girl. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Baby, we can have it all. We can make love by the waterfalls. I'm living that good life after all. La da da da, good life, good life, sitting by the fire. A la da da da, good life, good life, feeling that breeze. A la da da da, good life, good life, taking you higher. A la da da, good life, good life, coming with me. Got my lady and I got my shine. Money in my pocket and we're feeling fine. Radio's loud and we're playing sublime. I think it's gonna be a good day, my own. I made it this far, it's a miracle Floating in the clouds now, used to be miserable Never looking back since I changed my ways I'm on that good life tip today I'm looking for the good life, good life Sitting on top of the world I wanna be shining like diamonds and pearls I want you to go there with me, girl I'm looking for the good life, good life Baby, we can have it all We can make love by the waterfalls I'm living that This has been a product of Superior Radio Network. This is not just a podcast. House of Kayfabe with Brian Reznor and Stephen New. This is a tribe of devoted super fans that have crashed through the barricades, torn down barriers, and broken through the fourth wall. This is a creative think tank full of people who have given way too much of their lives to professional wrestling to not be getting a paycheck. This is a secret society of elite fans from all over the globe. And guess what? It isn't a secret anymore. House of Kayfabe, featuring Jim Cornette's lawyer, Stephen P. New, is available now on all major podcast platforms. Just click subscribe to join the Kayfabe stream and get access to unbelievable interviews, in-depth discussions, hilarious segments, and exclusive content. This is the fan-driven podcast you have been looking for. House of Kayfabe, with Brian Reznor and Stephen New. At the law office of Stephen New, we take a team approach to your case. Our staff and paralegals are excellent and will assist you through every step of your case. We employ world-class experts to make sure that your case is developed to its maximum value. When you seek legal counsel, choose Stephen New and his team. They'll work together to achieve the best results for your case and support you every step of the way. Our clients, why we do what we do the law office of Stephen New. When it comes to your brand, your visual presence is so important. You can't just get anybody to take care of that for you. When you are trying to take your image to the next level, you need to contact Eli Brazil at Eli's Digital Concepts. Eli specializes in improving your look with cutting-edge graphics that set you apart from the rest. He has done work for franchise with Shane Douglas, House of Kayfabe, Dan Healy, RTW, and many more. 
Eli's Digital Concepts is your one-stop shop for all types of graphic design, such as rebranding, photo manipulation, posters, logos, letterheads, t-shirt designs, mock-ups, and even AutoCAD work. You can catch Eli on Instagram at Eli's Digital Concepts, on Twitter at Eli's Concepts, on Facebook at Eli's Digital Concepts, or you can email him directly, Eli's Digital Concepts at gmail.com. Eli's Digital Concepts, custom artwork you have to see to believe.